Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. What is up, everybody? Welcome to The Stack. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And on The Stack, we talk about a bunch of books that come out this week. Kicking it off with Radiant Black, number one from Image Comics, written by Kyle Higgins, art by Marcelo Costa. This is, of course, as you could probably tell for the number one, a totally new book. And the premise is a down-on-his-luck author who has not gotten jobs for a while, heads back home, encounters something weird, and may or may not become some sort of a superhero. Pretty typical setup, but I really liked how this was executed. Personally, I thought the designs were great, and I'm very excited to read this going forward. What did you guys think? I agree. I was really kind of impressed with this setup. I mean... um, you know, just like seeing this guy cry when he goes through early kind of really makes you like, oh, you know, you're rooting for this person. And then just kind of the way he kind of like falls into it is very interesting. And the design of the suit and stuff is really fantastic. I think this does a great job of getting you excited for a new series. Uh, yeah, this this had some vibes of Invincible to me, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, very mm-hmm. much early early Kirkman stuff. Um, sure, and both in the in the writing and the art. And yeah, it it was it was an interesting launch. I was very triggered by like a, a writer st- uh, who struggles to work. Um, wow, because you know that's Do- a constant stress. The uh, douchey friend reminded me of you. Oh, that's so interesting. Um, the. Uh, the animal, the, the like, um, I think it was like some sort of hamster or rat that was dead next to the the tracks reminded me of you. Oh, wow. That's really <laughs> fucked up. So in the back matter, Kyle Higgins talks a little bit about how he was inspired while he was writing Power Rangers. And that really yeah. firmed a bunch of stuff up in my mind for yes. me about <laughs> what time. was going on here. But I think what he's done is he found a really grounded way of taking this Power Rangers concept, making it feel fresh, make it feel new, uh, and uh, it, it's a lot of fun. I'm excited to read more of this. Next up, Sweet Tooth, return number four from DC Comics, are written in art by Jeff Lemire. We get some big answers here about what's been going yeah. on with this rebooted yeah. Sweet Tooth. Justin, I know you've been concerned about the end game here, so how did you feel about this issue? Uh, yeah. This issue did a lot for me. I, I think we got to learn a lot of sort of the backstory here, and what I love about the take here, and it reminded me of a lot of the later stuff, uh, the later arcs on the original Sweet Tooth. Um, the way that Jeff Lemire combines um, in the writing the ideas of scientists who become religious fanatics, sort of breaking that dichotomy between science and religion and showing that the real danger is when fanatical people uh, actually have the tools they need to um, cause real problems for the, the planet. That's when we as a, as a society get into trouble. I think it, it's on display again here. And it's just, this is such a great issue to really flesh out the mythology. We get to hear a little bit um, of why the the people in charge of this uh, newer world are motivated to do what they do, and it's it's great. I I thought the uh, 
stuff about the shirt was very sweet and touching. There was some stuff about Sweet Tooth shirt, particularly that was such a big thing back in the old book, and that gets called back here. I agree. Really good issue. Very excited to see how this all starts to wrap up. Going over to Eternals number two from Marvel, written by Kara Gillen, art by Asad Ribic, where we left off in the last issue, Thanos was attacking some of the members of the Eternals. One of the Eternals had been murdered. Usually not a problem. Turns out it is a little bit of a problem here. We get some big revelations and explanation of what's going on. One of my favorite things about this book is it is revealed. I don't know if it was revealed in the first issue, but it's revealed here in a very funny and very Kieran Gillen way that the person who is narrating this is the eternal machine that helps resurrect the Eternals, but that machine is broken. And just the way that is executed, the way that tells the story of the series feels so unique and exciting to me. Yeah, Yeah, I would just tonally, like, there's a... the. The narration is like funny. It's sort of irreverent. It feels like you're hearing Kieran Gillen like basically make fun of the characters in the book that he's currently writing, which I think is so great. Yeah, I was really impressed with this. Um, You know, you got a big Eternals movie coming out for Marvel. So I feel like this does a great job of getting people excited for that. Eternals to me never really was like uh, something I could latch on to. But I'm really into this book. I think it's a really kind of cool setup of uh, what's the problem is and what's going on and what's going to happen. And I'm really looking forward to it. Art's fantastic. Uh, Really fun time jump stuff here. Uh, Yeah. And even like there's like sweet touching moments where they make mistakes. And I I was uh, I was really impressed with this. This is a really solid book. And the art is so good. Uh, it feels yeah. so like big mythology uh, while also having great comic book action at the same time. Like this comic is really just like delivering on all the fronts you want. Well, yeah. on that note, let's turn up to low number 26 from Image Comics written by Rick Remender, oh, art by Greg Tacchini. This is the last issue of this book. Woo. Justin, this has been one of your favorite books for a very long time. How do you think it wrapped up? Great. Just so good. Like Rick Remender. I don't know how. I mean, we, we, we talked to him about this book a, a few weeks ago when he was on the podcast. Um, and I don't know how he writes his his books. Like, does he when does he think of the ending? Uh, because he really does such a good job with endings in a lot of his work. Like he's able to tie up the uh, the character arcs, the uh, emotional arcs as well as just the central theme and leave you thinking and feeling a certain way um, in his uh, his last issues. It was the same with Black Science. Um, and this issue is just beautiful, done, beautifully done. You see that, and I, I don't want to spoil uh, too much of it because I think you really need to read this and take it in. And I want to reread the entire series to really get every, every ounce of, uh, of story out of it. But it's about a family at the end of the day. And you get to see that land in a way that is tragic, heartbreaking, but beautiful and sentimental at the same time. Yeah, I mean, this is like the sweetest, most moving way Remender could kick you in the nuts. Like, he's still going to get you, but this is done so well, and it's so moving. Uh, it's really impressive. The art is just... so. Like, a lot of times when you're dealing with different worlds, different kind of, like, ideas, 
Uh, the art can get too crazy, but it's done in such a way that it kind of shows grace and beauty and different things. It's the layering to it is really impressive. There's different characters that aren't human that are very humanized. It's it's really really amazing and impressive the way this all ties in like this got really weird at times but man does he land this so so well and And he does it so well it really does make you want to be like wait i want to go back and see that beginning again if i may just get your um your jacket book uh quote uh correct Mm -hmm. i think it's a beautiful kick in the nuts that makes you turn and say thank you to the nut kicker right pila page <laughs> Next up, Rorschach number five from DC Comics, written by Tom King, art by Jorge Fornes. Uh, this, so this, I think, I, I, I hesitate to say it was my favorite issue so far, but this is the mm. one to me that really felt like it yeah. pulled back the veil on what's happening yes. potentially yes. where this book is heading. Yeah. We've had this guy investigating this mystery. There was an attempted presidential assassination by somebody dressed as Rorschach and somebody dressed as a cowboy. The first couple of issues have been really building up this investigator looking through this mystery. And if I was to purely speculate for a bit, we found out that this cowboy character has been going up to people and telling them, Hey, you are the reincarnation of Rorschach. His energy when Dr. Manhattan blew us up has gone into various people. You are Rorschach. Come with me. Let's do vigilante justice. That old pickup line, that old pickup line. I think whether that is true or not, that's what's happening to our main guy, right? Like he is going to get to a place where either he mm. becomes Rorschach or th- even thinks he is Rorschach and maybe starts to think this is true. Well, he he, he be- believes that he's Rorschach at the end of the day. I think that's uh, well, that's specifically a smart... because this the theme that Tom King is dealing with here is conspiracy theories, and I think this is a little bit about how the deeper you get into conspiracy theory the more things start to look like conspiracy and the more it starts to become believable, whether you're investigating it or whether you're the one who's putting it out there. Uh, yeah, I think that's such a smart take. Um, because my takeaway from this issue specifically, I mean, last issue we talked about this a little bit because it was like tricking people into believing certain things uh, and them taking it to the extreme where they end up right. believing it above everything else in their lives. Like also very topical thing um, going on in our real world. And in this, this issue is about masks. And then we have this character who's running for president to try to take down uh, Robert Redford, who's won for like five terms in a row. And he's like shitting on wearing masks because he is so comfortable believing a bunch of nonsense maskless. And the people that wear masks are, quote unquote, hiding their their beliefs, their identities, whatever. Yet this person is so brazen and out there saying nonsense. He doesn't have to hide even the craziest opinions that he has. And I, I, I really that was my takeaway from this is just like the the people that wear the mask are maybe the people to trust more so. It was, uh, yeah, I would, I, I agree with uh, Zalbin. Like a lot more is kind of solidified, kind of click into place here. Um, Tan King just piecemeals information as he kind of like twists and turns stories. Uh, but this is uh, w- one of my favorite issues for sure. And the last couple of panels just absolutely fantastic and so cool. Uh, I, yeah, I thought this was a great issue, and I'm very excited for more. 
I agree. Next up, Daredevil number 27 from Marvel, written by Chip Zdarsky, who is on the live show this very week talking about this book. Art by Marco Cacchetto and Mike Hawthorne. In this book, we're dealing with the King and Black crossover while Elektra is filling in for Matt Murdock fighting on the streets of New York. Matt is trapped in prison and has been infected by Null, the god of the symbiotes. So we're getting these dual stories going on, and they're both very good. Uh, I would... (laughs) I was really impressed with this. I thought the way they kind of handled uh, Matt Murdock's belief in religion and God uh, when it came to, you know, uh, uh, what the fuck is uh, the King of Black? What's his name there? Uh, no. No, thank you. Uh, yeah, I thought that was so great and so well explained in such a way that really, really felt like uh, Matt Murdock's character. I was really impressed uh, with that, it was kind of crazy to hear Chip be like, yeah, religion, you know, I don't know, uh, because it really felt like uh, he was coming from a place of, uh, uh, for this. But I guess he just really gets in the head of his character so well. But, yeah, I thought this was really a great, fantastic, hold it up over time issue of Daredevil. Really interesting. Uh, it's all the characters really kind of doing their own thing in their own way, right down to Kingpin and uh, Electra's Daredevil. I, I was really impressed with the art and everything that happened in this issue. It's really rare when um, a book can continue its story through a crossover and like main the crossover actually enhances a lot of the themes yeah. that you're dealing with. And this book really does it. And the only scene I was missing was the scene where um where Foggy was sitting alone in his apartment, which is what he does a lot. And um a, you, sy- a symbiote comes up, jumps on him, and then the symbiote's like, eh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> and just goes on to just someone else. Or just to wrap around a mouse or whatever. Yeah, well, Foggy wins again. Next up, Birthright number 46 from Image Comics, written by Joshua Williamson, art by Andre Bresson. This is kicking off the final arc of this book as we start to wrap up this story here. Everybody's picking up the pieces by uh, finally taking down the God King lore. We get some flashbacks back to the world that Mikey and friends were living in for a very long period of time. What do you think about this? I think we felt like everything wrapped up really nicely in the last couple of issues, and now we have more Birthright. We have this and four more issues. This is another one of my favorite books coming to an end in a great way. Like the fact that we had the big battle um, uh, at the land of the last arc, we get to see sort of a nice epilogue, an emotional um, epilogue, which is what, again, about family and about um, what it means, what despite all the crazy shit going on in our lives, like what do we chase after when the going gets tough? And in this case, family. And I love this book. It's really dawning on me that family's important. I think mm. comic books might be right. It's crazy. No, I, I agree, Justin. Like, <laughs> no, the, no. This is really impressive, like, what they're doing afterwards. You know, like, this huge thing. It's kind of like, okay, on to the next adventure. No, they're really kind of sitting in this aftermath, exploring other things that maybe they could have talked about more while all this madness was happening. I was really impressed with the relationship stuff in this. Very moving. Uh, This book continues to be amazing. Next up, Black Hammer Visions, number one from Dark Horse Comics, written by Patton Oswalt, art by Dean Kotz. This is the first issue, of course, of this anthology telling stories about the Black Hammer characters from creators other than Jeff Lemire. We've been really big fans of the miniseries they've been rolling off here. These are these one shots. I thought this, as usual, 
was absolutely great. This is a one-shot story that mixes up Black Hammer and Ghost World, of all things, and it works yeah. as a coda to Ghost World while still telling a story of Gale for the Black Hammer universe. Absolutely wonderful. I was completely surprised by this. Did not see this coming yeah. from Patton Oswald at all. Really, really good one-shot comic book. Patton Oswald really getting into the comic book game. Hmm. This was, yeah, I was really <laughs> impressed with this. This wasn't just a comedian doing bits. Like, this was really smart, very moving stuff. Such a cool story, the way everything kind of tied in and fit with this world. I was really impressed with this. I really liked the setting of it. I thought it was great. The art's glorious. Yeah. Really good stuff. Uh, next, uh, I agree oh, as well. Ahead. Like, really, uh, sorry, uh, really got into the fact that he was able to bring Ghost World into it. It was clearly something that he loves. He got he's got some Amy Mann quote uh, uh, lyrics from at the end of the book, and still be, uh, telling a story that fits seamlessly into this world and is fun, funny, with um, uh, good reveals. It's it's really really great. Let's jump into our future state block where we talk about all of the books that have come out from Future State. Just to read down the list this week, (laughs) we've got Future State Dark Detective number three, Future State Teen Titans number two, Future State Robin Eternal number two, Future State Superman Wonder Woman number two, Future State Green Lantern number two, Future State Justice League number two, and Future State Karazar L Superwoman number two. Uh, I gotta admit, I'm a little slightly with Pete here, where it definitely hit me this week, where I was like, there's a lot of books we're reading. Oh boy! <laughs> yes, it, it is a lot, but uh, the guy. stories are so they get to they go are, off in yeah. in a lot of different directions. Um, and if we're going to dive into our faves, um, I'm going to give it up for um, Future State Justice League number two, Ooh. which um, I really liked the um, the way they went here by having the um, yeah. the the White Martians sort of take over, and it, it became yeah. about like all the different heroes' identities. And the fact that they need to connect with each other um, or else nothing or else they're just weaker as a team. And I, I like that as a theme. It felt it was something I didn't see coming, really. And the last issue, they laid it out and this really paid it off. Uh, I thought it was just really well done. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I love Justice League. Uh, I, amazing art. The White Martian story was great. And also having Joe... Uh, the new Green Lantern is the best Green Lantern of all time. It was just fantastic, and it, it made the book so much uh, better. And the backup story was great. Uh, Magic is hope, motherfuckers. I, I thought that was great. I thought, the I thought Justice League dark story. The other thing yeah, that I mentioned yeah. that I thought was interesting about this week is we're getting two things here, right? One, we're getting the wrap-up of these future state stories, but also... We're getting teases for what's down the road, and DC yeah. has started to announce that some of these titles are continuing in different forms. Like, for example, Wonder Woman is continuing as Wonder Girl, so we're going to get that there. I think uh, I'm forgetting which other ones are going to continue, but certainly there's teases at the end of a couple of these for how they're going to flesh out in different storylines. Uh, Green Lantern number two ends with the tease of Green Lantern 2021, which does seem like, again, Joe from uh, Far Hell Sector yeah. is going to be fighting Hal Jordan in some way. So that should be fun to yes. watch. Oh, uh, the one that great. really jumped out to me, I loved. I love the first issue of this, and I love the second issue of this too. Future State's Superman Wonder Woman, which is mm-hmm. of course teaming up the characters, but sending them off on these very different stories. Superman fighting Solaris, the sentient sun. Wonder Woman trying to have a race around the universe with the sun god uh, from her culture. 
I just really liked how these characters related. I thought there was a fun tone to it. The art was really nice as well. And it was just, it felt like an enjoyable all ages title, but with these new Superman Wonder Woman characters. And it made me really kind of delighted to potentially follow them going forward. I agree. Uh, And this felt like really mythological. Like mm -hmm. the whole thing felt like um, it could have been something in the back of like an Edith Hamilton uh, book that you read in school and were pleasantly surprised how much like a comic book it was. Oh, wow. Uh, I really liked uh, Kara Zor-El, Superman number two, Superwoman number two. Uh, the art was just so phenomenal, and I really uh, liked the de- character design for a Superwoman. Uh, amazing, just cool-ass, like, dragons. Very, very enjoyable. Uh, I- I've been enjoying that series as well. Now, let me ask you, Pete, at the end of this book, um, we re- we leave um, Kara Zarel um, buried next to her dog, Crypto. Right. Now, would you feel like if you were like, awesome, I'm Shared a grave with my dog. Would you yeah. be like, that's it? I, or I, in your case, I guess it'd be a cat. Well, currently, I mean, don't put shit like that out there. I don't, I don't want my cat to die, but like... I'm not saying uh, your cat's going to die, but uh, someday it will. Oh, that's fucking heartbreaking, man. Is your cat um, like a pharaoh where if your cat dies, you have to be buried alive with the cat? <laughs> yes. What? Yeah. Uh, I hope not. I don't want to do that. But yeah, I I thought that was I you know I love that. Uh, you know I thought Sorry, that was Matt, it's super your sweet. Cat's living will. It's it's gonna happen. Yeah. I'm your cat's lawyer. Your cat signed cat's, it with a paw. My cat can't read, so it's it's gonna be fine. It know. doesn't have the cat doesn't have to read it. I explained she it very it with plainly to your cat. Your cat agreed. And Put a little ink. It. Are ink you print? representing my cat? Then I'll see you in court. <laughs> LePage versus Whiskers of some sort. <laughs> whiskers All the way to the sort. Supreme Court. What's your cat's name, Pete? <laughs> it's a very long name. Uh, I call her Caboose. Oh, wait, are you saying we secret about this? Do we not have time? Do we not have time to get into this? <laughs> it's, a, it's a very long name. Okay, well, are you worried about running tape on it? Because I actually, I talked to the engineer, and we actually have the tape. We can run it. <laughs> So go ahead, lay out the whole name, I guess. Okay, fine. It, it's uh, Kitten Nasica of the Valley of the Wind, LePage Thomas. Oh, that's yeah. very cute. It's very cool. I call her Kaboots. Well, I look forward to visiting your grave in the Valley of the Wind. <laughs> nice. <laughs> your shared grave. <laughs> All right, why don't we move on from Future State and talk about Critical Role, Vox Machina. Really? Oh, uh, there's other things you wanted to talk about. We, yeah, we got also that, Dark Detective, we got Teen Titans, we got Robin the Turtle. Yeah, I wanted to talk about Dark Detective. I really thought it was a great it's issue. Great. I love this uh, kind of uh, tech Batman uh, uh, versus uh, future Batman. I th- it, and I, I'm, the two designs are really cool, and it's fun to see them go head-to-head. And also, guys, so drones are scary. And um, I'm just w- putting that out there now. It's uh, drones are going to be very, very scary in the future. Yeah, you mean the nano drones that are hovering right around your head, even yeah. as we speak. Yes. Yeah, I'm sure they're out there. But also, I checked out uh, DC Love is a Battlefield. Come on, and that was <laughs> really adorable. <laughs> it was very adorable. They did like a lot of coupling up for Valentine's Day. <laughs> he does. And Tim Seeley. 
did a Poison Ivy Harley Quinn love story. Oh, it was just so great. So touching. It is amazing how you do this every week in such an odd way. Um, I uh, really like Dark Detective as well. The front story has been one of my favorites of this mm-hmm. of this run. And um, the just a quick rundown of, uh, of the rest. Green Lantern 2, I thought the setup for the next issues I was really into. Um, the Green Lantern 2021 coming forward with Hal Jordan felt like a nice starting point for uh, going forward. And I like the Robin Eternal issue here as well, with Tim Drake really suffering from some juicy Lazarus uh, problems. <laughs> I agree. Next up, Critical Role Vox Machina Origins Series 3, number one from Dark Horse Comics, written by Jody Hauser, art by Oliver Sampson. In this book, we're getting a bunch of fantasy stuff is happening. What did you guys think? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Think, I'm just not very familiar with Critical Role, so I read this and I was like, "Yes, this is a fantasy world, but funny." I get it. Yeah, I think this is a fun adventure book. You know, a bunch of people going teaming up, going on adventures, uh, joining fight clubs. I thought the art's fantastic. Some fun storytelling. I, I thought this was a cool team to get behind. I'm very excited to see where this goes. Uh, yeah, I agree. I was concerned with the Fight Club that they fight in teams. And, like, how do you really judge on a team? Like, if we were to fight another trio, right. um, uh, how would we How would we know we were an evenly balanced team? If we won, we would be good. Well, uh, so Pete is the tank, right? No, yeah, that's what we say. Justin, you're the thief. You're, like, quick and sneaky. That's and okay. I'm what, like... You're the evil mastermind. You're the baby hands. (laughs) Baby hands. (laughs) Every trio has them. Crucial. Uh, The tank. (laughs) Yeah, you're a boss baby baby hands. I'm I'm the muscle. Yeah, Justin's the face business. Now streaming. Justin's the face man. He can talk his way into anything. There we go. We're quite a trio. None of those things we're fighting, by the way, just so we're clear. (laughs) (laughs) Thunderbolts, number two from Marvel Comics, written by Matthew Rosenberg, art by Juan Ferreria. This is tying into the King in Black event. Lots of goopy stuff going on this week. More King in Black to come. Here we get a bunch of villains have tried to rescue, maybe, or work with Norman Osborn to find out some information from him. Uh, So they spent a lot of time in Ravencroft. I always want to say Arkham, mm. but it's not Arkham. It's Ravencroft. It's close. And it's super fun, as usual. How just could Matthew you mix Rosenberg those two up, has, Alex? How what? could you mix those two things I up? I know. They're two... It's, in, it's impossible. They're two very different insane asylums <laughs> in two very different universes. You're right. I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, super fun bits in here. In particular, the and I feel like Matthew Rosenberg is just writing for the bits for some of these things where yeah. just, uh, what is it, uh, Mr. Fear says something to Kingpin. He doesn't realize he's on the Zoom. And Kingpin is like, hey, uh, Taskmaster, you here? And he's like, yeah. He's like, "Uh, okay, punch Mr. Fear. And he punches Mr. Fear. (laughs) Norman Osborn getting too close to the Zoom and his whole face filling it. Just fun. It's a fun book to read. I had a blast reading it across the board. Yeah, I think he does great on team books. This was fun. I also really like to see uh, Taskmaster around. So I I thought this was a lot of fun. Great Kingpin stuff. Um, the art's great. This is just a fun book. Yeah, it's uh, it's a great mix of like real good comic storytelling, good fights, 
uh, character-driven yeah. stuff, even characters we don't really see a lot. Like, I really like this new Star character that um, the series that we read, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, like six months ago now. Seeing her here, it's great, really well-written, but also very fun, funny, and still tying into this um, goopy old crossover. And if, also, like, you got to be wary if you just find, you know... You, nobody's just taking a nap in the bush. You got to be careful. Uh, that's yeah. all I'm saying. I don't want to give things away, but that was creepy. I hope this uh, comic continues. I don't know if it will, but this is the sort of thing where I could see Wilson Fisk having a bunch of villains going on disposable missions, most of them getting killed, not coming back alive, betraying each other. It's Suicide Squad without the bombs in the head, but it's fun to read, and he's writing the hell out of it. So I'll definitely read more. Next up. Yeah. Undiscovered Country, number 12, from Image Comics, written by Scott Snyder and Charles Soule, art by Giuseppe McCamicoli and Leonardo Marcello Grassi. This is tying up the second art of this book, arc of this book, <laughs> Unity, in huge fashion, propelling us into the next arc of the book. This is a wild ride, as usual. Incredible visuals throughout. Uh, yeah. I You know, particularly with this issue, we had... Scott on the show a little while ago, and he was talking about how he and Charles are writing the movie. I do not know how they're writing a movie of this. It's just so yeah. big, everything that happens. It would be crazy to boil this book down to like, like this arc down to like one set piece, because that's what it would, have, it would have to be, uh, sort of, I would think. I don't know. But this, how. the comic, you get like the emotional beats are here. It's wild storytelling. There are so many ideas here. I mean, it's the same stuff we always compliment this book about, but they just continue to really find the balance of giving this. Like in this book, they, there's this like very wild escape. It's sort of like plays like a, a, a race, a Super Mario Kart race for a portion of it. But then you get this like really great heartfelt moment where um, two of the main characters, the brother and sister, are talking to their images of their parents, and it's just like it's it's great. Yeah, I. It's just there's so much to this comic. There's so much happening. It can kind of be a little crazy, but man, does it deliver! And the like big monster aspect in this issue was just glorious and so cool. That uh, six shooter was really crazy. Um, This was really cool. Also, like they thought this place that they're at was one thing, and it kind of turned out to be something different. Really great ideas going on in this book. I mean, I did think it was it was a little bit like all right when it's like these young kids and they're like, "This is old technology, the first iPod. How do you even use this?" I was like, "Okay, all right," but um, really impressive, fun stuff. Art's really unbelievable. Uh, this continues to be such a kind of like scratch your head, like what's happening, but then like delivers really well. Yeah. And the last page reveal is just a hundred percent fun. It's, it's like, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, let's get I'm fun. In. I'm on board. Love it. Can't wait for the next arc. Next up, The Last Witch, number two for Boombox, written by Connor oh, McCurry, art by VV Glass. You guys have been buzzing about this book. Love. This book is buzzing. Buzzing. First it's issue, so we good. got a girl in a small town heading off to a witch's tower. Just wants to kind of check it out a little bit. Things pick up in this issue where I was like, did I miss an issue? Is this issue number three? What's going on here? Because this is... Insane from the first page with witches yeah. eating people and powers and everything. What do you guys like about this book in particular? Well, 
uh, first off, like the art is really unbelievable. It feels like an amazing animation in still form. Um, uh, the character design and the witches and the faces and the different kind of like glowing things in them are really cool. I, it, this is like moving. It's intense. It's sentimental. The little part where the kid is like, I told you was a, so awesome. Uh, yeah, I was. I'm really, really impressed with this book. I didn't think I would like it so much. The grandma smoking a cigar is glorious. You love uh, yeah, a good grandma. You love a grandma, uh, and you, you, you know, grandma. you know that's a blunt dude. You know she's. <laughs> she's she even says, tough, bro? "She's like, let's get this juniper going around the room." <laughs> I mean, um, I, honestly, I know we're joking about it, but Pete, you are very into grandmas and comics from this to Watch in Future. I'm sure there's a couple of others I'm forgetting. And real life. And He's real life. Lo- he I loves feel like a grandma. You should release your own podcast where you count down the top 10 grandmas of all time. Oh, that'd be cool. I could do it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think this is just. This book really took me by surprise and is really impressive. I cannot wait for more. Each issue. Uh, uh, continues to give us uh, such a great kind of movement for this story. Yeah, this, I'm really impressed. I love the art in this a lot. It reminds me of some uh, classic Ralph Bakshi um, animation style, uh, getting in like the old Hobbit uh, series yeah, back in yeah. the day. Um, and it's just, uh, to your question earlier, Alex, why we uh, think it's such a buzz, buzz, buzzy book, it, uh, it just it moves quickly. It's both fun, lighthearted, welcoming, welcoming us into this world. It's scary at times, um, but it's always just like driving the story forward in a in a well done, confident way. Yeah. It's, it's just a good book. There's a little mystery going on at the end. We get a lot of mythology building here, and um, cabins in the woods. Watch out! Yeah. All right, everybody, that has been our Buzz Buzz Busy Bee Book of the Week. Let's move on and talk about American Vampire 1976, number five from DC Comics, written by Scott Snyder, art by Raphael Albuquerque. Talk about things getting big in this issue. Our heroes are fighting a bunch of giants, encounter a council of vampires. Tons of mythology dump in this issue are going on here as we're entering the endgame, seemingly, of American Vampire. Uh, Another great issue, but it's just wild to me that we are so far into the road of this book and they're still laying down huge pieces of the mythology. That's very impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And it all fits. It all feels like very deliberate. And they've done a uh, they've done a great job of setting up a villain that is worse than everything else before we've seen before. Yeah. and the way that they're able to keep Skinner such a central part of this character, despite the fact that he's been devamped and he's just sort of like, ah, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just hanging around. Uh, and he's still such a fun character is is great. Yeah. Yeah. Scott Snyder knows what the fuck he's doing when it comes to writing comic books, because this is really impressive. Uh, so well done. Even after all these arcs, you would think that like maybe the ideas would get a little like, all right, we're going to try. But man, just deliver us hard on every issue. Uh, the last panel reveal on this was really unbelievable. I can't say enough about the art. Uh, these two teaming up is just magic. 
Next up, Black Panther, King in Black, number one, written by Jeffrey Thorne, art by Jermaine Peralta in this issue. As you can probably imagine, the symbiotes are attacking Wakanda and they start to fight back. Uh, what do you think about this issue? Another book that feels like it was inspired by, hey, what characters have black in their name? Let's put them in the black, King in Black event. But yeah. personally, I think it padded out a lot better than you might expect based on that. I was really impressed with this book. Also, I didn't expect to get choked up, uh, but there was a moment where um, uh, Black Panther and Siri see each other and kind of like give each other a hug. And I got a little choked up because I was like, that's never going to happen in uh, TV or movies and we're never going to get to see that. And it uh, kind of got me a little bit, which I wasn't ready for. It's funny you say that, Pete, because I was thinking the same thing. It's so rare, I think, in um, a comic book where from the the adaptation to the movie has such an effect on, on reading the comic book going forward because I do feel when I see Black Panther, I'm just like, oh, there's a loss there. There's yeah, a loss it's, tied it's to the tough. character yeah. in a way that I, like it, it just – it's never happened to me before and I just can't imagine it has happened before. And to see this, like, I don't know, does that harm the Black Panther character in the Marvel Universe? The fact that uh, Chadwick Boseman was such an icon for the role and then died. And does it, is it going to stay with us for forever? I guess. Yeah. I, I, I wonder because it's like, you know, the, the comic came first. They should be able to do what they want. But man, it was just, I was having a hard time reading it. I was really getting choked up and being like, ah, I don't know. Like, would you just say serious Black Panther and like not kind of deal with it just so you don't have these kind of reactions? But that doesn't seem fair. I, I um, do think there's something to be said. I agree with you guys. I had the exact same reaction emotionally. And there was a brief thought of, like you're saying, Pete, should they retire T'Challa as Black Panther for a while, which sounds insane, but just to get around that uncomfortable, sad reaction that you have. But I would say, no, you know, you keep it going because it is a tribute to how powerful he was as the character that even though he passed away in a very untimely manner, the character continues and it does pay a tribute to him by continuing to exist, by continuing to have these ventures. And as long as they keep being good and they keep treating the character in a good way, that does pay tribute to Chadwick Boseman's performance in a back way as well. Now, I do yeah. want to talk a little bit about this issue, not, uh, you know, uh, talking about that. I thought this was a great issue of Black Panther. A lot of cool things. And the kind of callback to one of Black Panther's, like, enemies uh, was, was such a cool idea to help kind of stop uh, this menace. I, I was really impressed with the writing on this and there's really kind of cool like beast showdowns here. Uh, yeah. Wow. What an awesome issue. What amazing art. This was really cool. Uh, next up, Bliss, number five from Image Comics, written by Sean Lewis, art by Caitlin Yarsky. In this issue, we're getting a bunch of backstory about what's going on with our father character, who's going up against the main antagonist of this book. We find out how he broke out of the hold of this drug. I guess you can kind of call it a drug. Bliss, how he worked his way forward. Meanwhile, we're following his son as he's trying to track down his dad, I believe. Um, still some incredible imagining coming out of this book, even mm -hmm. five issues in. This reminded me of, like, 
uh, and maybe this is a stretch. You tell me. It's like a reverse never-ending story. Oh, wow. Interesting. Um, it's like the the dad, uh, the kid is... The kid is hearing the, I guess it's like, I guess it's just like the never-ending story. The dad is going on the adventure, and the kid is sort of hearing the dad adventure. <laughs> Not so much a reverse never-ending story as a never-ending you know, story. When never ending instead, story. the kid being well, directed to the drug, it's the dad, and then well, the no, kid's go. What I was thinking, though, is the fact that it's the dad going on the adventure, and the kid is hearing the story is what. Riding uh, a dragon means drugs, and yeah. then, you know. I always describe, I don't know if you guys do this too, but I always describe 13 and going on 30 as like a double reverse pig. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And you talk about that a lot, especially in your uh, work as a critic. Yeah. (laughs) I try to relate everything back to 13 going on 30 if I can. Seminal movie. Um, uh, Yeah, I thought this was a, a... Really beautiful issue, unbelievable. Uh, this story continues to move forward in a great way. You go from absolutely hating this dad to maybe there's something that could be done. Uh, I, yeah, I'm just really impressed with this story. And then fun, kind of like, join us next time. And they got the AOC with the scales of justice. I thought that was crazy cool. Um, the what? character designs are very interesting. I will say to to Pete's point, I don't think it's actually AOC, but the the woman in the 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 preview for next issue looks just like AOC. No, it's AOC, dude. Uh, next up, Orcs number one from Kaboom, written by an, an art by Christine Larson. This is pretty much you could do what you could expect from the title. It's a bunch of adventuring orcs uh, because it's Kaboom. It is very all ages. I thought this was a delightful, fun book to read with some great character designs. I enjoyed this quite a bit. Pete, I imagine. Given its similarity to other things like Headlopper and whatnot, you might have liked it as well. Oh, I really loved it. I especially loved the first story. Thought it was really cool. Uh, it's fun to see kind of things that are cute be violent. Um, but man, yes. uh, just like fun. Uh, Usagi Yojimbo, that little bunny. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think that it's. Don't call him little, you fucking. Oh, uh, I bet you were like, going to take the bait, and then you did. You yeah, no, did. He was like that fish that kind of swims by, and you're like, oh, yeah. I missed it. And then it's like, Ooh, what's Ooh. that? Is that a worm? That fish. Is like, oh, that I worm. love worms. I love worms. I'm a fish. I love worms, even though I never encounter them because I live in the water. <laughs> but let uh, me try yeah. that worm. It's like exotic to me because they live over the ground. Yeah, the the art in this is really cool. It's it's all ages, but it really uh, it doesn't feel like it's pandering to children or anything like that. Uh, there's a lot of cool action and adventure. I, I I think this is a cool book. I what I like about this is it's sort of like an orc never ending story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I found it uh, to sorry. be more of a thirteen going on thirty myself. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> um, I really did. I did like this. I think the, especially the first bit um, that ends yeah. up being the grandma orc telling a story. Pete, grandma orc, he must be like, <laughs> oh, just yeah. basically coming in your pants because he's seen other grandma here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wouldn't go that far. But then I like how the grandma trips out a little bit. That was fun. Grandma's uh, like, yo, story time's <laughs> over. I'm getting fucked up. I like would you, would you, sorry, just to ask, would you not like to go that far because you like to edge around grandma's What's going on? What? Yeah. What are grandma you saying? Grandma Never mind. It's not important. I don't know. It's good. I don't get it. 
Got him. Got him. Uh, Salmon's broke, man. Anyway, good book. Yep, good book. book. Homesick (laughs) pilots. I'm fine. I'm fine. Pete, you're trying to take the baton, Pete? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, go for it. Homesick pilots, number three from Image Comics, written by Dan Waters, art by Casper Wingard. Uh, We've been really enjoying this book. I think it's so many things at the same time. But essentially, it's about a girl in a punk band, maybe a heavy metal band, who discovers a haunted house, has to recover a bunch of ghosts. But it's so much more than that. So many different things going on. It ramps up the premise at exactly what's happening. Every single issue ends with a wild visual at the end here. This is great. I really enjoy reading this. Uh, me too. This is one of my favorite books, um, favorite new books out there. Uh, the vis- talk about visuals. The visual of the sort of videotape ghost, yeah. uh, was like haunting. Yeah, uh, I want to see that for sure. I want to see the uh, that in some sort of movie or film or TV show. So good. Uh, yeah, I also really like the lessons in this. You know, they're like, yo, if you're going to join a band, it is hard. It is grueling, and you might get trapped in a house and not be able to make it out. So you got to be ready for that. Um, also don't fucking go into other people's houses. All right. It's not going to end well. Oh, two lessons. Uh, but the art is just fantastic. And they really try different, like the crackly, like black panels that they have that look like an old book in the middle of the comic is just really cool and creepy and sets this cool tone. They keep using this like shot of like, this uh, window in this creepy house, like uh, almost looking like it's about to explode. I'm really impressed with what they're doing with this book creatively and how they're telling this story. It keeps being just fantastic. Every issue. Great stuff. If you'd like to support our show, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about comic books. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show. Uh, Comicbookclublive.com for this (laughs) podcast and more at Comic Book Live on Twitter. Until next time, keep those grandmas coming. Pete can't get enough. What (laughs) are you doing? Enjoy uh, your marathon of Golden Girls, Pete. You're gonna fuck. You're gonna fucking love it. <laughs> you're weird, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Once a week, that blows your mind.